The folklore of flowers proves an expansive subject, both terrifying and interesting in equal measure, much like the world of trees and plants at the best of times. Plants follow their own cycles, often independent of human intervention, they'll grow in often seemingly inhospitable environments, and while they're living creatures, they're completely rooted to the spot. They can be hardy or delicate, or wild and cultivated. And they can also be incredibly dangerous. So in this week's episode, we are going to have a look at Deadly Nightshade, Foxgloves and Angel's Trumpet. Hello there and welcome to Fabulous Folklore, the podcast for all things folklore, occult and just a bit weird. I'm your host, Icy Sedgwick, blogger, fantasy author and your guide into these rather mysterious realms. I've got some rare things to show you, so come on in, take a look around, but be careful not to touch anything. These things sometimes bite. Well, hello there and welcome back to Fabulous Folklore with me, your host, Icy Sedgwick. Happy Easter Saturday for everybody, first of all. Obviously, that is presupposing that you are listening to this on Saturday, but if you're not, have a nice day. And yeah, so we're now into April and because obviously all the plants are starting to come back and spring is quite definitely in the air, I thought, ooh, it'll be really good to do another plant-themed month. And I thought, just for a change, let's do poisonous plants because poisonous plants really are a particular interest of mine and one that I quite like to call toxic botany. And one of my absolute favourite places to visit is the Poison Garden at the Annick Garden, where some of my absolute favourite plants are kept under lock and key. And there's another one called Henbane that produces such a noxious smell that you wouldn't actually even want to go near it. Now obviously if you do ever go to the Poison Garden, and it will be reopening soon, knowledgeable guides lead small bands of visitors among the beds and they will obviously point out the different varieties and relate tales associated with the folklore of flowers. And some of them are quite common plants that you might find in your garden, such as rhubarb, and others are a little bit more difficult to cultivate in our climate. And if you are interested in the development of poison gardens, then I do have an article about them on the Folklore Thursday website, which I will link below. But in this particular episode, we are going to have a look at the folklore behind Deadly Nightshade, Foxgloves and Angel's Trumpet. So buckle up and let's get into this week's episode. So we are starting off with Deadly Nightshade, which is also known as Atropa Belladonna. And fun fact, I can't actually say Belladonna without thinking of Prima Donna from Phantom of the Opera, but you didn't really need to know that. Now, Atropa Belladonna is extremely poisonous, and it comes from the Solanaceae family, along with peppers, aubergines, tomatoes and potatoes. Now, Deadly Nightshade is also known as Banewort, Deadly Dwale, Devil's Cherries or Death's Herb. So you can kind of tell by the name that it's not necessarily a friendly or fun plant that you want to have in the vicinity. And as always, there are photos of these plants on my blog. If you are listening to this on YouTube, then obviously I have actually put the different plants on the screen while I'm talking about them so you can see what they are. Now let's get into the plant. Its name, Belladonna, comes from the Italian for beautiful lady, and there was a belief that the plant would actually create visions of a beautiful temptress which led to its name. Now there is another explanation, and this is the one that you'll find far more commonly, because in bygone days Venetian women believed that dilated pupils made them more attractive. 
and then they would put belladonna into their eyes to dilate the pupils. And to be honest, it's actually not as strange as it sounds because the pupils do naturally dilate when you're aroused by someone or something. So it would serve to make ladies look more interested in a person than they perhaps actually were, which is obviously quite handy if you're after a husband. Now, its name, Atropa, comes from Atropos, the third of the Greek fates, and obviously we met them ages ago now in the spinning episode, but if you haven't gotten to that one yet, basically you had these three sisters and the third one, it was her job to cut the thread of life after it had been measured out by her two sisters. So she's basically the one with the big shears that cuts the thread at the end. So you can see why using Atropos, who is the one who ends your life, it makes sense to use her name as a derivation for Belladonna. Incidentally, the plant was also believed to be sacred to Bellona, a Roman war goddess. So basically everywhere that you turn, Belladonna is really heavily associated with death. Now, it was actually known as the plant of the devil in Bohemia. And if you released a black hen on May Eve or Walpurgisnacht, he would then chase it and leave the nightshade unguarded. Now, Margaret Baker doesn't explain why that's an issue, but I can only assume that this was actually recorded because it made it the ideal time to harvest the plant because the devil apparently kept it under his watchful gaze the rest of the time. So if he's then run off after a black hen, then obviously you can nip in and harvest some. Now, parents did tell their children that those caught picking the berries would meet the devil face to face. And let's be honest, as I've said in quite a few episodes now, folklore is often a really good way to communicate cautionary tales. And you could say to your children, don't eat them, they'll kill you. Or you could say, don't eat them because then you'll meet the devil. And I think most children would probably listen to the latter rather than the former. Because apparently the berries are actually quite sweet. So people do actually end up eating them and unlike other poisonous plants which are really really bitter so people don't eat them obviously with the nightshade cherries they're a little bit different and because they're highly toxic obviously it's not a good idea to be eating them at all so keep away from the entire plant because all of it is really quite dangerous. I would say as well, obviously, with this particular episode, some of these plants have been used for medicinal purposes, but just if you don't know what you're doing, leave it alone. Just admire it from afar. Because apparently, people actually use nightshade for protective purposes, because apparently you could make it into a collar to put around your cattle's neck, and this would avert the evil eye. I can only assume that is probably because of its devilish association, so it's that kind of sympathetic magic of using something associated with something evil to drive off something else that's evil. And you could also apparently lift an enchantment from a person by putting a wreath of nightshade on their head as well. So there we go, it did apparently have uses. Now, along with opium poppy and other plants, belladonna was also believed to be one of the ingredients to make up the infamous flying ointment used by witches. And commentators thought that this ointment helped the witches to fly to their gatherings, but it's far more likely that this combination of plants simply caused hallucinations. And if you haven't listened to the broomstick episode, essentially they were believed to smear this ointment on the broomstick and I'll leave it up to your imagination for how they applied it therefore and more importantly where they applied it. And yeah, basically they would end up having hallucinations and imagining that they had the sensation of flying. And this could also explain why some people used it in spells to induce second sight because I imagine if you had all that lot going on, you'd be seeing all sorts. Again, according to Amy Stewart, nightshade was also mixed with hemlock, mandrake, opium and henbane to make an early form of surgical anaesthetic. 
She also notes that atropine, which is one of the compounds from the plant, was also used as an antidote to nerve gas poisoning, while elsewhere I also discovered it was used as an antidote to foxglove poisoning. So it's one of those things where the compounds in the plant in and of themselves are toxic, but if they do the exact opposite thing of another plant that's also poisonous, they kind of cancel each other out. But again, in case of any accidental ingestion of any of these substances, please just seek medical attention. This episode is in no way any kind of replacement for any kind of medical or herbal knowledge. This is just for entertainment purposes only. So we are going to move on to foxgloves or digitalis purpurea. And this is probably, probably one of my favourite plants. I mean, in terms of actual flowers, it's like my literal favourite flower, but like ferns in terms of plants, slightly edged out. But I absolutely love foxgloves because they are so pretty. And they're also known as fairy thimbles, witches' gloves and dead man's bells. And according to folklore, if you do hear the bells ring, you will die soon. They are among the prettiest of the poisonous plants, but they are also very medicinally very useful if you know what you're doing with them. English doctor Will Withering actually discovered the plant's properties from a herbalist and he originally developed a cure for dropsy using digitalis but it's now used in heart medicine because they've been able to derive the right compound from it. Now Fred Gilliam explains that for Culpepper, he of the infamous herbal, the plant could be used to treat the king's evil, which is otherwise known as scrofula, or it could also be used to clean sores. And he claims that it was also called throatwort for its use in treating throat infections. Apparently some accidental poisonings did happen because people were gargling with concoctions of foxglove. So again, as I've said, I'm going to keep saying, please don't consume any part of the plant yourself. If you do grow foxgloves, that's awesome because bees love them. So just kind of leave them in the garden where the bees can do their things with them. Because apparently, if you actually plant foxgloves in your garden, it is believed that it might actually grant your house protection. And this may be because it's said to attract fairies. So obviously, if you then provide somewhere for the fairies to hang out, they will therefore then extend protection to your house. So if you do plant it in the garden, it is actually quite useful for, as I say, bees and apparently fairies. But apparently, if you listen to the legends, the white spots inside each of the bells are actually the marks left by the fairies. Now, you shouldn't pick the foxgloves and bring it inside because that'll annoy the fairies. So apparently it is believed to be an unlucky plant to have indoors. And Margaret Baker somewhat randomly notices that it was also unlucky to have on board ship, although I can't quite work out why that would be the case. But yeah, as I say, lovely leaving in the garden because I say bees love it. So it's great for pollinators and it just looks nice as well. But don't bring it in the house. Now, some sources do say that the name foxglove was actually just a misspelling of foxglove, and in others, the name came from the fact that fairies apparently taught foxes to ring the bells, which would warn other foxes of hunters in the area. And another tale actually claimed that the fairies gave the flowers to foxes to wear over their paws so that hens in the henhouse wouldn't hear them coming. Now, its legends do extend beyond fairies, and according to Roman mythology, Juno grew so tired of Jupiter conceiving children with other women that she basically was at a wit's end because she wanted to have a child as well, and the goddess Flora touched a foxglove to her belly and breasts, and then Juno conceived the god Mars. And quite frankly, considering Mars was the god of war, it doesn't really entirely surprise me that he would have originally derived from a foxglove. Now, in the language of flowers, the foxglove represents insincerity, and this is largely because it hides a poisonous heart behind a pretty facade. 
So it is a really, really pretty flower and it's like native to Western Europe. So it is relatively easy to cultivate in the UK and it comes in various coloured varieties and so on. So if you do want to have a bee friendly garden, then foxgloves are a good option. Now, our final plant is Angel's Trumpet, otherwise known as Brugmansia suaviolens. And this one's a little bit more difficult to find information about because it's not really common or native to Europe. And it is another member of the Solanaceae family and it is toxic. Unlike the deadly nightshade, it's got a really unpleasant taste, so it does make accidental poisoning rare. And you do find it quite often in ornamental gardens. And I found one just hanging there in Stuttgart Zoo. Like, it was just there. And beautiful, beautiful flowers. Some people do make tea from the seeds, and it's this kind of slightly dodgy practice that's what usually causes poisonings. So it's got quite a lot of psychoactive properties. Now, there is also a little bit of confusion because of the fact that you also have devil's trumpets as well. Now, devil's trumpets are actually part of the Datura species and they grow up over. So it's as if they're coming from the ground and then blooming towards the sky. Whereas angel's trumpet, which is Brugmansia, then hangs down over as if it's coming down from the heavens. So that's how you tell the difference between the two. And we're talking about Brugmansia in this post. And the information from this section basically comes from the souvenir guide that you can get from the Anak Gardens Poison Garden. Now, according to this guide, at one time, Brugmansia was allegedly a favoured murder weapon and professional assassins thought that it caused a lack of movement or induced sleep in victims. So therefore, it was a good way to essentially put someone to sleep so they'd never wake up. And then that way, they didn't have to deal with anyone who was going to get particularly irate or troublesome in any way. Now, whether this ever actually worked isn't clear because quite a lot of reports actually say that the plant's chemicals cause a lot of agitation. So again, we don't really know. But in more magical terms, Brugmansia can be used to encourage communication with the dead and its name is also associated with a little bit of a snippet of folklore about the plant because apparently if you sleep under a Brugmansia plant, you won't wake up because the angels will come for you. Obviously, again, the angels kind of hanging down as if from heaven. Now, it is more likely that because it's got quite a narcotic fragrance, that's probably why you wouldn't wake up. But there we go. As I said before, they are in the Solanceae family, so they are related to deadly nightshade and also black henbane, which does make that an incredibly poisonous family tree. They are really beautiful, though, and there is something very magical about angels' trumpets. So in an ornamental sense, they are lovely. And I do often wonder if the trumpets actually sound in the dead of night, but that might just be me being a bit weird. So they are lovely, and that's about as much as I could find about them because of the fact that obviously they're not native to Europe. So all the books that I've got on poisonous plants tend to be of European origin. So obviously it's a bit more difficult to find ones that aren't in Europe. But that is the end of that episode. And I think what is quite interesting when you look at these three particular plants, obviously they are all poisonous, is the associations that they end up with. So the foxgloves end up being really, really quite heavily associated with fairies whereas Deadly Nightshade ends up more associated with the devil. And I think that just basically says how people interacted with these plants in their sort of natural form. And I think, as I say, the angel's trumpet is quite an interesting one, the way that it is associated with slightly more heavenly creatures, but also then still not necessarily something that you want to mess about with either. Now, it is debatable how true any of these stories are, But I think a lot of these stories are quite interesting because they have like a nugget of truth about the toxicity of the plant. And then that's used to essentially warn people off getting too close to them. And like I always say, humans respond far better to stories and fear than they do fact. And I think that's why some of the stories about the plants are absolutely tremendous 
and that is indeed why people pay attention to them. I would like to know if anybody has actually got any of these in their gardens because as I say they're just fabulous plants and I do know someone who actually grows datura so I've frequently seen beautiful pictures of datura's flowering but it's just the brugmansia I do think is is such a lovely one but as I say foxgloves are my absolute favourites. So we will be continuing next week with our poisonous plants. Next week we're going to have a look at slightly different ones because we're going to have a look at plants which are in theory toxic or parts of them are toxic but they're actually incredibly common in people's gardens because they're actually largely safe to have around as long as you don't eat the wrong bits. So we're going to have a look at those next week. So I hope you enjoy that one. So I hope that you have a marvellous rest of the Easter weekend. So I will see you next week where we will be encountering these more common garden versions of toxic plants. So I will see you then. Cheerio. Well, thank you for listening and thanks for visiting Fabulous Folklore. I hope you enjoyed your stay. If you did, why not consider subscribing in your podcast app of choice? If you enjoy the show, why not leave me a review and help other listeners to find it as well? And if you'd like bonus exclusive episodes of the podcast, then why not support me on Patreon? It does help me to keep the show going and it means that you get a little bit extra every month as well. And you can find all of the necessary links in the show notes below. So without any further ado, I will bid you adieu and I hope that you have a safe travels wherever you're going on to next.